time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I don't know what other people's answers are. I don't really care, to be honest with you. I mean, it's great to be winning games, and, and obviously we're, we're playing at a, at a high level, but no, I just don't think we're kind of satisfied. I, I think we just want to keep pushing. We'll obviously have a tough one in 48 hours' time against uh, the same group. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's nice to be playing at this level. It's obviously early in the year, but we're, we're, we've figured out, obviously, the style and pace and stuff that we want to play at, but we've got to keep it going. We can't 10, 20, 30, losing, winning streak, like whatever it is, We've just got to we've just got to keep pushing, keep getting better each day, and I mean we'll do what we do normally. We'll go in tomorrow, I assume, at some point, and, and watch film and kind of get what we need to get done, and, and obviously get ready for a team that's going to be obviously hungry to to get a win on Friday. Joe Ingles asked about the win streak. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't care. Ten in a row. Other people care. Joe, he's getting ready for eleven on Friday. It'll be the Mavs again. BK. Didn't miss their star for one night. Might miss them the second night. Might miss them the third. But for one night, they were able to get it done. A couple guys went off. I like what Jordan Clarkson said, that the mindset didn't change. You still had your role. And nothing really changed for Clarkson. You know, he played about the same minutes. Now, he scored 31. And he normally doesn't score 30. So you could argue that there were more shots available, potentially. Uh, but he felt like nothing really changes with Mitchell out. Obviously, uh, Favors doesn't take a bunch of shots. He's more of a defensive presence in relief of Rudy. But from the offensive perspective, Jordan was saying that things were the same. The mindset was the same. You do what you're supposed to do. And so, to me, you look at it, uh, that's a good mindset to have. It's like, I mean, obviously you can't say, well, I don't notice that Mitchell is not there, that would be ridiculous. But the game plan and everything remains the same, and I think that's what's most important. And I think, you know, you can say what you can say and say what you want to say. I do think they notice that, and maybe there's a little bit of a greater sense of urgency that we've got to make up the difference. But it wasn't like any of these guys were completely and totally out of their mind. Joe Ingles took 13 shots. He's done that one other time this year. And that was in the loss to the Knicks in New York. So he took 11 three-pointers. That's a, that's a season high right there. But to your point, he was doing what he does. He handles the ball, he initiates the offense, he takes some threes. He just took a lot more. Yeah, so there was more shots available, of course. Yes. And I think the other thing is that uh, Dallas decided, hey, we have got to limit these guys' threes. If they take 50 of them, they're going to make too many of them. So as Rudy said, they were sticking to the three-point shooters, so it's my job to punish them at the rim. And he did. But it's what he does. Roll to the rim. If you're open, you'll get the ball. And, you know, there was a chance to get him the ball on a lot of occasions. And he went and got some for himself. He had six offensive rebounds. If, If you want the ball... And you're the big guy, you can go get it off the backboard, and he did. Take that, Shaq. (laughs) 29 points and 20 rebounds for Gobert, and Clarkson had 31. Jazz and Mavs off today. Jazz and Mavs play tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ESPN. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Bill Check, he's he's mentioned at halftime, 
when he has a bad half. It's kind of the crazy I ever saw. Like, you know, he'd go on social media. If he had a bad half, he would go on yeah. social media and then come out and drop 30. Durant wants it up top. Durant takes it left. Durant to the rim and a slam. And the Nets take a 129-123 lead with a minute 25 to go in overtime. Harris drives on Caruso, hangs, fires, shoots, and makes it with 2.4 to go. The Lakers don't have timeout. Sixers lead by one. Some highlights and the quotes you heard Andrew uh, Bogut there talking about Steph Curry's social media habits, looking at social media to fire himself up. 16 points for uh, Curry last night and eight assists. He didn't need to fire himself up as the Warriors handled the Wolves. 123 to 111. The score that all Jazz fans saw was Philadelphia beating the Lakers. LA loses on the road for the first time this year. 107 106. A couple of lead changes right there in the last 20 seconds or so, PK. And the Sixers get the winner with three seconds left. Tobias Harris getting them the victory and giving the Jazz the NBA's best record. Yeah, the Sixers uh, reminded me a little bit of a Utah or a UNLV on Monday. Very, very comfortable lead, and then they just tripped all over themselves at the end. <laughs> and uh, Rivers calls the timeout and basically says, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> and then uh, the Lakers run the nice play to uh, Anthony Davis, and then coming back, they just. Tobias Harris took, uh, what's his face, Caruso, and backed him down a little bit, made the shot, made me think of, well, LeBron can't guard everybody in in those situations, so just go at whoever he's not guarding and uh, allow that person, and Tobias Harris is a nice player, obviously, and so he made that shot, and then you look at the box, which I watched most of that game because it was uh, on, most of it was before the uh, Jazz game started, uh, started, I think, at 6 o'clock, and... The Lakers, everybody that uh, plays supporting cast was very, very mediocre, basically. I think Schroeder was okay, or Schroeder and Caruso, but Kuzma was nothing, man. You know, he had such promise, and he really hasn't delivered. And I know that's, I probably have to say it because he's a local kid here, but he hadn't, I think, I expected more out of him. So they're beatable, that's for sure. I don't know if they're beatable four times in the postseason, but they're beatable. You wonder if they're going to uh, alter the rotation a little bit. Is Gasol the guy playing 24 minutes, not as big a role? Kuzma playing 16 minutes, not playing as big a role? I mean, Schroeder and, and Kadavius Caldwell-Pope are going to play alongside Davis and James, but where are they going from there? Uh, maybe Morris, Matthews, yeah. those guys. I don't, I don't know. I think Gasol is going to stay where he is. The Denver Nuggets have won five in a row. They got a depleted Miami Heat squad, and they won 109-82. to uh, Jamal Murray, not, not much going on there, but they didn't need him since Butler was out and Dragic was out and Tyler Arrow didn't play. Neck spasms. So. Yeah, Butler's been out for a while now. Yeah. I think that they're undefeated since Porter came back. I know he's supposed to be the whipping boy, but nevertheless, they're undefeated when he came back since he's come back. He had 17 points coming off the bench for uh, Denver in that 109-82 win. Uh, any other NBA games catch your eye there? Uh, the Nuggets are now with that five-game win streak. They've taken over fourth in the West. They're three games back of the Lakers, or three games back of the Clippers, four games back of the Jazz. Yeah, they all did. Yeah. 
NBA said it will adjust the existing schedule to avoid having to fill in too many games during the second half of the season. So they're going to be rescheduling some games that have already been postponed where possible between now and that midseason break in March. They, they've moved some games that are on the schedule to make way. So they're fitting them in wherever they can uh, on I the think fly. that's smart. I mean, it's just like college. you yep. got to do what you got to do. Play when and, you can and play. I, I don't want to hear that oh, they're playing too many games. This is about money. No bleeping bleep is about money. <laughs> I'm sick of people who are employed ripping other people. Oh, you're just worried about the money. Duh. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Hamilton on the left side. Gets around to Anthony. Tries to spin around him. Finally takes a jumper and Anthony blocks it. Anthony right in his back pocket the entire time. Wooster layup up and in. In transition. Anthony the block. Anthony the assist. Wooster the layup. Aggies push the lead right back to 12. 51-39. Anthony crossing the timeline. Back to Wooster. Wooster launches a quick three and knocks it down. Holy smokes. Raleigh Wooster. Raleigh Wooster, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals. Did a little bit of everything. And Utah State wins 83-74. Never really blew UNLV out, but never let him get closer than seven uh, after a, a burst at the start of the second half. Scored nine I'm scores. going Wooster sauce, man. He had it going on. Wooster sauce. And you cheated him in assists. It says here nine assists. You just said eight. My bad. Sorry, Raleigh. <laughs> 19 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, three steals. Five starters and double figures. Balanced scoring. Everybody gave him a little something. Brock Miller hitting, hitting a few three-pointers. The former Albion Knight. There it is. Justin Bean with his 13 points, nine rebounds, and four assists, doing a little bit of everything. That's so Mr. Bean to you. They get back on track a little bit there with a win. And in the other Mountain West Conference game, Colorado State blows Boise State out, 78-56. A 22-point win. So now... Boise State is 9-1. Utah State is percentage points back at 10-2. And, and CSU is a half game back at 9-2. And, and CSU and Boise State have to play again this week. Yeah. And let the record show I'm the one that said CSU wasn't any good. <laughs> uh, BYU, the four-game win streak. Over. They lose at Pepperdine, 76-73. They didn't know what to do with Colby Ross down the stretch there, PK. 19 points, had some rebounds and assists, did a little bit of everything. And BYU, who's up by 11 early in the second half, they lose that game. I'm pissed, man. There's no way you should have lost that game. Nope. Had it in control. Your big guys were were a problem. They could not handle you inside. You were up by 11. Should have been able to seal it. There was one possession uh, towards the end. I, I think the Waves had three offensive rebounds. And you got five guys that are eight feet tall. That that should never, ever happen. I think that's what uh, Kobe Lee said afterward. They were the more physical team, and that just should not happen. It can't. And Harms, man, you're 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 capable of giving more. You miss so many easy shots. Be aggressive, man. You're skilled. You're way tall. I think he can give you more. You'd like to think, but uh, a little uh, a little more finesse than you would like out of a guy with that kind of size. Uh, three for ten and one offensive rebound. He's never been a good rebounder, uh, especially if you relate it to his size. 
Weaver State on the road tonight. They're at Idaho. Idaho has not won a game this year. They're 0 11, so Weaver State ought to be in uh, ought to be in good shape there. DJ yeah, put in the uh, Cougars were supposed to play what was it USF? Oh, they changed they're, their they're, schedule. They're going to yeah. play Pacific, Pacific on Saturday. To town, yeah, that's good. I think it's a four o'clock start, if I recall. Yeah, it's similar to doing with the Gonzaga, just playing the game yeah, when they can play it. Yeah, I like how they're doing this. Get put it together, and it's going to be on television and. Uh, Great. Get him back out on the floor. Get as many opportunities. Win or lose, the kids want to play. Play it now. Don't play it later. You might not be able to play it later. If you're both available now, play it now. Yeah. You don't know what later is going to look like, so get it in while you can. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Hell no. I'm going for two. We love it, Coach. Oh, man. I think you just made a lot of Buccaneer fans pretty happy with that one, Coach. <laughs> There's no doubt. If the Blazers will have me back, I'll be back. That's Bruce Arians asked if he was going to retire, go out on top if they win the Super Bowl, and no, he's going for two. The Blazers? They're going to? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Glazers. The Glazers. The, the family the, the that family owns, owns the team. The team. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like the Blazers, though. <laughs> he's 68 years old. He'll be 69 in October. So uh, he got a late start too as a head coach. Maybe that has something to do with it. He hasn't. He's been in the NFL for a good long while, and you know he's a sarcastic guy. Why? Of course, because he was born in Patterson, New Jersey. I mean, what do you expect, man? Brian Johnson, the former Ute quarterback, the Sugar Bowl winner, the former offensive coordinator, jumping from the college ranks to the pros. He's going to be the Eagles' new quarterbacks coach. He had been the OC at the University of Florida. Getting a little NFL on the resume, PK. I think we'll see him back in the college ranks. but he, mm, That's interesting. I don't uh, know about that. Really? Well, he's applied for head coaching jobs before. I wouldn't be surprised to see him apply for them again. Okay, but why not in the NFL? Well, if that career path opens up, then maybe that is the one he chases. That's what I'm saying. You're a quarterback's coach. Can you be a passing game coordinator, an OC, and a head coach in the NFL? Is he, what is he, 28 now? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a little older than that, but I get your point. He's still really young. He's, 30, he's 35 30. or 36. I, I thought he's 33. He's 33. 33? He's my age. Yeah. Good yeah. grief. Yeah. Uh, as I've said a thousand times, the most charismatic guy I've ever come across as a quarterback. Wasn't the most talented, obviously. Didn't have the physical dimensions. Wasn't blessed with them, but he had the leadership and charisma that was just off the charts and just... He would come up to you as a, as a college guy yep. and call you by your name and, and talk to you as if you were a peer. So and you knew. I didn't know he was going to go into coaching. Good call by him. That's where you can make more money. And so in a sense, this doesn't surprise me at all because he had a way to just present himself that I'm telling you, when he was 18 years old, you thought, this is very, very impressive. And sure enough, man, look at him continue to go. Great dude. Everybody loves the guy. And so I'm excited to see what this NFL thing does for him. And maybe he becomes an NFL head coach. He can coach in the NFL as an assistant for the next seven years and still only be 40? He sat out behind the old football facility on the first day of practice, his senior year. And he was a fifth-year senior, but, you know, he'd been a 17-year-old freshman, too. And, uh, and he held court. He, he held court. He was like, he might as well have been a coach. He'd been working there for 25 years. 
And that is like you said, he was greeting everybody by name, telling stories, taking shots at people, cracking people up. It's way beyond his years. Yeah, I saw, I've seen, maybe not to that level, but by the time guys are seniors, they usually, like Andre Miller was a quiet, shy guy, wouldn't look you in the eye. But by the time he was a senior, he had gotten it down. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that was even more impressive to me, anyway, is that Johnson did that as a youngster, grade wise. Jason Witten set to retire again. 17 seasons. He's going to sign a one-day contract with the Cowboys. Retire as a member of the franchise he played 16 of his 17 years with. See if he goes back into broadcasting. Did a little Monday Night Football there briefly. We'll go there, but... Yeah, why not? Calling games somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Texans hired Baltimore Ravens assistant coach David Culley as their new head coach. He's 65. He was the Ravens' assistant head coach, passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach. Previously worked with Andy Reid with the Chiefs and the Eagles. So now we'll see if that makes Deshaun Watson want to stay and they build some relationship. If Watson is going to say, I'm out of here and trade me, I'm not showing up. See how that plays out now that there's a coach in place. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Well, here come the college football schedules for next season. The SEC announced their fall schedule. LSU is going to be at UCLA. Georgia and Clemson are playing on a neutral field in Charlotte. Alabama and Miami are playing on a neutral field in Atlanta. So clearly some made-for-TV games right out of the gate. And the Pac-12, a chance to impress PK. LSU at Alabama, also a chance to not impress and get run off the field. Oh, you mean uh, LSU at UC UCLA. Los Angeles yeah. is what you're talking about? Yeah, Rose Bowl. Well, I don't, I don't know about LSU. I mean, they didn't have a good season this they past season, so I'm not sure what to expect. And we'll worry about that when we get there. But, yeah, that's an opportunity. And, and we'll see some other stuff. I think the Pac-12 is going to come out with theirs uh, next week. Northwestern signs head coach Pat Fitzgerald to a new 10-year contract, tying him to the, uh, the old alma mater through 2030. He's 106 wins, 81 losses, the winningest coach in Northwestern history. So now you can tell us how how much uh, how binding college contracts are for college football coaches, but at least the intent is there from the school. Yeah, I don't know what will happen in the future, but it seems like it's a good move. He's one of their own, and I think that that's important. Uh you know, he's only 46 years old, even though he's been there a while now. He's born in 74, so he should have no problem if that's what he wants, uh, fulfilling this. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. So after seven years with the Yankees, Masahiro Tanaka announced he is headed back to Japan to pitch for his former club. He's going to Wrap it up over there in Japan, PK. How much of the yeah. Yankees going to miss him? Uh, he seemed to have a lot of arm trouble, so um, I don't know. I'm not sure on that one how much, uh, how big of a blow it's going to be. Toronto Blue Jays have strengthened their lineup. Send infielder Marcus Simeon, one-year, $18 million deal, and acquired left-handed pitcher Steve Matz from the New York Mets for three prospects. Yeah, I don't know why the freaking Blue Jays think they're the Padres all of a sudden. <laughs> We're going for it. You know, in, a, in the free agent deals, uh, it just seems now like guys sit for a long time and then eventually they get one-year deals. 
If you're going to get well, the mega money, you got to be really at the top of the game. Well, that's Trevor Bauer. He's the guy who is the uh, marquee pitcher out there. Let's see where he goes. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Joe Ingles coming up. He'll join us about 8.40 this morning. Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, will be here at 9 o'clock. Ten. Count it. Ten in a row now for the Jazz. More on the Jazz win coming up. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. To me, when you have your star players with this dominating plus minus, it would tell me Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley are playing together every minute, which is what they are doing. The Jazz have matched Mike Conley's minutes to Rudy Gobert. It's a really good way to play really well, by the way, to play with Rudy Gobert all the time. Mike's been brilliant, but Rudy makes people really good. We elaborate on that a little, David. How important is Rudy Gobert? For all of our 53s we're taking every night, which is awesome. If we could get 50 dunks, we would. But Quinn revolutionized the NBA for a year, and the league caught on to it. So the answer is we're going to get 53s instead. But it all comes back to the same thing. The day someone decides to take away our 53s, Rudy's going to get eight dunks. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. Utah Jazz won 10 in a row. They've got the NBA's best record. They have played 18 of their 72 games, exactly one quarter of the games in the books. We'll see if they actually play 72, but that's the plan right now, so we'll go under the theory that they're going to be able to do that. Best record in the NBA a quarter of the way through the season, PK. There were some high hopes for this team, and we talked about can they be top three, can they be top two, but to be sitting here with a 10-game win streak and the number one record in the NBA right now, got to say, who isn't surprised? Me. Really? Surprised? It's, right, o- it's only a half game, so it's not uh, this massive lead where you have separated from the top of the, uh, the NBA. But there are clearly, you know, three teams here that have, have pulled away at the top of the West and all had better records than the top of the East. Yeah, I don't really care about the East. Uh, you got to get through the West uh, because if you don't get through the West, there's no point in worrying about the East. Uh, talking, obviously, the playoffs. Uh, there's still plenty of time for teams to be better, for teams to be worse. Uh, as I look at it at the quarter pole mark to go with the horse racing, uh, Denver's playing a little bit better right now, and they've been talking about how you know they did have massive roster change, so maybe they needed some more some some time to get it together, which which makes sense. Houston is an intriguing team to me. Um, they've always had the good backcourt, and now they've retooled it. Pretty much on the fly with Wall and Oladipo. They've still got Gordon there. Christian Wood's a player. So, you know, see what they can do. Um, You look at, when I say not surprised, I didn't think that there was a huge gap between them and the Clippers and the Lakers. And so right now there's no gap, really, when you think about it. You know, a half game, 
you played one half of a game more, whatever, whatever it might be. And so the, basically those three teams are right there. And I kept saying going into the preseason or to the season or preseason for that matter, which they didn't really have one the, to the level that they did, that I thought that they could make a strong push for two. And I didn't think there was a huge separation between the two L.A.s and the Jazz. Well, now there's no separation. So I guess that's a slight surprise that there's no separation. But in my mind, as I evaluated everyone's roster, I felt like the Jazz, if they came together in a manner that I thought was very much realistic, I wasn't really asking anybody to do anything beyond what they've already shown that they could do and it, maybe if it's just Jordan was just a little more than a half of a season, speaking of Clarkson, I should say, rather than his first name. I mean, a little bit of more, he had more than a half season, but I projected him to have basically the same role, and he has. But I could argue that he's played the role a little bit better than he has, and maybe that's the whole comfortability with everybody. So I thought that they would be in the mix with the two L.A.s. So from that perspective, they are. Now the best record, well, the best record today doesn't really mean anything. So I wouldn't get caught up in that. It doesn't mean much. And it's, I mean, it's largely symbolic. And, you know, by the time we're back here on Monday morning, it's so close they could be third. Right. I didn't know that they'd be that close to the Lakers. I thought they could be that close to Clippers. The Clippers and Nuggets had a lot of roster change. And I didn't feel like the Jazz were that far away from those two. And certainly, you know, favors looked like an upgrade. And are other guys going to improve a little bit? And I think the answer is other guys have improved a little bit. And Favors is definitely an upgrade over the different guys they juggled there last year. So, but whether that was going to be enough to catch the Lakers, maybe maybe there's too much history and I'm putting them too high on the pedestal. Um, but the Nuggets lost three rotation guys and the Clippers changed their coach and changed a couple key rotation guys. So, so did that the didn't feel that far away. Right, but I thought the Lakers felt like a clear upgrade. The other guys, it felt like a change and how's it going to work out. It didn't feel like a clear upgrade to me with the Clippers, and it didn't feel like an upgrade at all with the Nuggets. It felt like the Nuggets lost guys. You know, there, there, are, there were chemistry issues in L.A. last year, so with talent coming and going, you know, how, how it fits together, you know, if you're doing fantasy basketball, you just want more talent. But if you actually have a real team with real personalities and real egos and feelings and friendships and rivalries and whatever else, I mean, how the pieces fit together gets to be really important. And I, I, well, I think all that is better for yeah. the Clippers, not worse. And it may well be. That may well be. But I didn't know that for sure going in. You know, I thought there was a chance the Jazz could catch the Clippers. Uh, oh, I thought there was an extremely realistic chance they could catch the Clippers. A chance? You make it sound like a long shot. No, but I didn't know it was favorite. I mean, I didn't, you know, I just didn't know how to read it in with the Clippers. I know when you say that there's a chance. Well, it's so not. It wasn't like a ten percent. It was. You're saying there's a chance. It was better than that. It right. I mean, that's the way people do that. When you say there's a chance, <clears throat> everybody goes to that line. Okay, fifty-fifty. Don't go to that line because that line okay. is like point oh oh one, and it okay. was okay. way better right. than that. But I really okay. didn't know how to, you know, were the Clippers going to get on each other's nerves more and it was going to be even worse and have guys wanting out and, you know, the old Yankees well, I line. I thought the big sign was cast. Paul George resigning. That I mean, that screamed volumes. If you didn't want to be there, don't sign yep. the big deal. So, to me, that screamed everything. 
and it's still so much work to be done. Yeah. But in a sense, the season is it's gone better. I mean, I'd be the last guy to say when they're losing the two in New York that they're going to go on a ten game winning streak. That that, but, that didn't yeah. seem like it was possible, but nevertheless, it's been it's happened. But if I step back from the immediacy of whatever moment I'm in, and I think that's what you have to do. You can't get caught up literally right now. You have to step back and look at it, and I think that's what the management does and the coaching staff. You know, they they combine the two. You can't ignore the moment because sometimes just because, well, I can't get caught up in the moment doesn't mean things are going to change because you don't want to get caught up in the moment. So you have to be aware of the moment. I don't necessarily have to do that because that's their jobs. It's not my job is to just second guess. And I feel like as I step back, I thought that they could contend for the two seed. And so they're right in line with contending in the two seed. Now the surprise, if you want to go there, is that they're contending for the one seed right now. But I can't get caught up. If we get into after this break comes about, what, in six weeks or so? Is that what it is in March? Then, you know, at that point, well, and you're halfway through plus, depending on how many games they play, give or take. And so at that point, then it becomes, all right, really, this is really realistic as far as the best record. And even then, if there's not going to be that many fans and all that stuff, the only advantage is, as you've been saying, which I agree with you 100%, if you finish first, then you don't know how it'll play out, but assuming that things hold the way they would that you think they would, you'd only have to play the Lakers or the Clippers rather than the Lakers and the Clippers. Right. But again, you got to let things play out, and you know the Nuggets had a rough go early on, but uh, maybe maybe they're going to be pretty good. You know, it's they haven't they haven't beaten any really good teams in this streak, but they have won eight out of ten. They have won yeah, yeah. five in a row, yeah. and so another huge they, game Sunday with the Jazz. Right, they've been the two seed and the three seed the last couple of years, and they beat the Jazz in the playoffs. So I don't want to dismiss them. That was an ugly looking start, but uh, you can't it, dismiss them. No, when you have a superstar right. at the level of Jokic, you cannot dismiss somebody when you're that good. And he's that good. Yeah, you're going to be minimally good. And they're sort of just hitting their stride. And you don't even really need to hit your stride right now when you think about it because we're still, what, a little over a month into it. So they're, and, and really, uh, as long as you hit your stride in the postseason. So you're sitting there number one, and you win your first-round matchup, whoever number eight is or however that plays out with that play and stuff, whoever gets that slot – you know, you obviously should be favored, but that second-round match, if you're sitting there playing Denver at number four, that's not a walk in a park. Right. And so you'd, you'd prefer that, and that would be a fun series here be based on what we saw last year with the seventh gamer right down to the buzzer. I would love to see that in the second round if for no other reason that the Jazz got to the second round, and I think they can beat Denver, which would mean they would get to the third round, which would be even cooler. <laughs> you know, I haven't been in that place uh, for a good while now. Yeah, I think it's going on, uh, what, like 15 years now? I think it was yeah. 06 with uh-huh. uh, Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, and uh, that whole group. Yeah. Well, right now it has looked through this first quarter of the season that the top three are pulling away. It'll be interesting to see here in the next bunch of games if, if the Nuggets kind of join that group and it's the top four who pull away. 
In which case, that whole, you know, being one, number one may not matter so much if there's four teams of similar quality at the top. If there's three, then it matters quite a bit. But if a fourth team gets it together, and especially if it's the Nuggets who are that fourth team, then it may, it may you know, it's one of those things where it sounds good in January, but it may not mean that much when we get to May. Yeah, you're going to have to play well. Regardless of the opponent, and and that, not to be ominous about it, because there's no reason why the Jazz couldn't play well or won't play well when they get to that situation. If they sh- uh, should be fortunate to to get to the second round, uh, and you should have a somewhat of a dogfight in that second round, it shouldn't be a walk in the park. Uh, I, I don't I don't really like it from a fan perspective. Now I have a different approach for my fan. I'm for me, competition is where I'm at rather than the winners and losers, and. I want competition. I mean, I got it in spades last year in the seventh game, obviously. Uh, so uh, it should be a difficult thing. But the Jazz, I think that focusing on them, if I'm a fan and fans, you can respond, I, I love where they're at. They have so many freaking weapons. Bogdanovich really hasn't put together a, a consistent streak yet where he's just been lights out. For six out of seven games with his shooting, hasn't I, unless I'm missing something or you misremembering. Haven't. Nope. And they're still winning ball games. He has been the leading scorer in a game this season. Uh, what I was going to say one time, but it's twice. And and he hasn't done it since uh, January third. So we're going to three weeks of uh, other guys, mostly Mitchell, but you know Clarkson here and there, and O'Neal one night and. You know, you think Bogey coming in is, okay, he's the second scorer, he's 20 points a game, and he's a 40% three-point shooter, and right now none of those things are true. So there could well be a, a hot streak out there. And, you know, obviously the wrist was bothering him early. I don't, it doesn't look like it's bothering him now, and maybe he's just, you know, hiding it pretty well. And, but, you know, 36.5% from three, we all, we all think he's capable of more than that. And 13 points a game, we all think he's capable of more than that. So... Maybe there will be some some twenty five and and thirty point games out there for him. That's a huge reduction. Yeah, yeah, uh, big time in scoring. Now the plus side, Royce O'Neal has really stepped up his game. I mean, he's open now. It's going in. He's got his feet set. I'm thinking, man, there's a fifty percent chance it's going in, and that's great. That's exactly what you want. That's probably the high end. So they've been able to compensate for that loss of seven points on, on Bogdanovich's average. Uh, and just having him out there it has to be accountable because he's a threat. You, you just don't want to leave him open. Uh, that's, that's stupid. You're, you're playing with fire there. So just his presence out on the floor creates stuff. So it's not like I'm cracking on him. But if you just look at who could give you a little bit more, you know, realistically, I'm not sure I could ask uh, guys uh, to give you a little bit more. Them. It seems like several of the guys, it's not like they're playing beyond their level, but they're playing at a high level. Even George Niang now has really, really picked it up. And you could just see it in his body language, man. It just seems like he's just got so much confidence, the most confidence he's had since he's been in the NBA. And he's an NBA guy now. He doesn't have to worry about anything. I'm an NBA guy. I belong here. I belong on this floor. My teammates know if I'm open, they're giving me the ball. 
It's not I'm coming in because somebody has foul trouble or somebody stubbed a toe, and so I provide a few minutes of relief like the Ione kid does. That's not who Niang is. So I think he's playing maybe a little bit better than I expected. But in the beginning of the season, he's playing worse than I expected, so maybe that just flushes it out a little bit. But they've got a good thing going on here. And if I'm uh, really doing my due diligence, I think I start to count – Getting closer to that Lakers streak, DJ. How much was it? 30-something in a row? Oh, man. Come on. They're not even a third of the way there yet. Okay. But if I'm doing my due diligence and map it out like you would do, I'm only just trying to channel you. You're my mentor. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can't because they literally don't have that many games scheduled. Was this like Southwest? You want to make a reservation in October, but it only goes through August? Yes, that's an (laughs) excellent analogy. I know we're going to the beach. I need to get a flight while they're cheap. And then you click on it like, I don't even have this stuff posted yet. There is no box to click. So as I project out their winning streak, I can't do it? They've got half the season. They've got 18 more games. So you could project out to 28 games. They've scheduled half the season. And after that, I don't know. Okay, Jazz fans. There'll be an all-star break. There'll be some more games. I don't know. Tweet at us or whatever you do. What will you do if the Jazz win out the rest of this first half? You got to do something. This is like reverse Lent. You're not giving up something. Now, I'm not talking Catholic here, so I got probably a lot of people don't know what I'm talking about. So it's reverse Lent. What will you do that is positive? Not giving up something. If they win out and run this streak to 28. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, people, because they're not doing it. <laughs> oh, you don't do You don't know. Like my mother always said, you just don't know. I remember I was telling her, I got to go to Minnesota for the Utes. They'd gone to the Sweet 16 to play in Kentucky. This is a wasted play. You don't know, Patrick. <laughs> you, you just don't know. And yet you did know. <laughs> Dave Fox knew too. Hey, new guy, DJ, you, you're going to Minnesota. I'm not flying halfway across the country to be there for 22 hours. Yeah, everybody in the media at halftime was making their plane reservations the next day, rearranging them. And those were the optimists. The pessimists did it before the game. <laughs> we're out of here. This isn't happening. So you just don't know. That's You're going to argue with my mother? Believe me, you better be prepared to argue for the next four weeks. I did. I actually remember the story I did before I left for that, and it was with Juddy because they were playing Kentucky. So it was a chance to hey, this is the you know Juddy's on the staff, and nobody thought they were going to win when they went to Rupp Arena, and they were the first team to first visiting team to win at Rupp Arena. They wrecked that place. So Juddy tells all the stories, and the whole time I didn't put it together. I'm like, well, this is a couple of rays of sunshine that aren't going to mean anything when Kentucky starts running them off the court. Mark Pope's Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, loaded with NBA guys. I'm going to play in the NBA. Yeah, well, you're not good enough to start for us. we got eight guys who are going to play in the NBA. NBA guys have to come off the bench. Deal with it. Yeah, I think they sat out. Jeff Shepard didn't play, but then the final, in that following year, yeah. he was uh, Final Four MVP. <laughs> but, but we don't need you right now. Yeah. 
All right, DJ and PK, we got a lot of your reaction piling in on Twitter. David DJ James on Facebook, DJ and PK. And use your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature. Send us the audio, send us your takes. You got 15 seconds there you can record and, uh, and send it over, and Yaka will play it right here on the air, and you can laugh at your own jokes and listen to yourself on the radio. It's fun. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. House resolution honoring Donovan Mitchell over Shaquille O'Neal. The resolution recognizes the exemplary service of Donovan Mitchell to the Utah Jazz and the Utah community, whereas the claim by Shaquille O'Neal that Utah Jazz all-star Donovan Mitchell doesn't have what it takes to get to the next level is even less accurate than Shaquille O'Neal's 50.4% playoff free throw percentage, whereas Kazam has a 5% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Jazz fans have watched Donovan contribute to this community so often and with so much love that people connect with him far beyond just a basketball player. He's an all-star. He's the face of a franchise along with Rudy Gobert. And he's a good dude. And you just don't see that combination very often. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK reminding you that Valentine's Day is not far away and flowers do make the perfect gift. Jimmy's Flowers, a longtime partner with The Zone, can make it easy by visiting them at jimmysflowers.com. Valentine's Day falls on a Sunday this year, so you got to plan ahead. Do it at jimmysflowers.com. All right, PK, a 10-game win streak after the win over the Mavs. Lakers lose on the road for the first time this year. They get beat by Philly. So now the Jazz are half game in front of the Lakers. The Jazz are a game in front of the Clippers and four up on the Nuggets. They've got the NBA's best record. 18 games down, 54 to go. The Jazz are one quarter of the way through the schedule, assuming they actually play 72 games. And that's what we're going to assume sitting here this morning. So your reaction, what do you think of the Jazz right now? And believe it or not, there's room for negativity in Jazz Nation. Jim Steele. They're peaking too early. <laughs> Feel a lot better if the team lost a little more right now, PK. Said no one ever. Except for apparently Jim. Yeah, I'm not worried about peaking. It's so early that you can't peak. There's plenty of time to lose momentum, gain momentum, lose it again. There's lots of twists and turns sure to be ahead, which is what... Joe Ingles is sure to tell us when he joins us in about an hour. Right. And so I don't have any concern about that because I think it's impossible. If you're peaking in the first month of the season, then you're a complete and total fraud. And I don't view this team as a complete and total fraud because that implies that your best basketball was at a time when it mattered the least. And so to me, that's the definition of a fraud. And I don't think that this ball club is in that position of being a fraud. They're playing maybe a little bit better than I thought. But when I look at it, uh, I think that there is the possibility of them, strong possibility of contending for the second seed. And see, and I think Joe will come on and say, well, you don't worry about the standings and all that. I mean, there's certain things that they have to say, but I don't buy it. I think part of the reason for them playing well is that they are aware that the Lakers and Clippers and themselves are just bunched together. And, you know, I would love to see this the rest of the season that it just, 
as you say, on a Tuesday, one team's a half game up, and then on a Friday, another team is, because that means the three of you are playing at a high level, and you're just flip-flopping depending on uh, did you lose or do you have uh, did you play one more game than the other guy based on the schedule at that particular moment. So that would be that would be very cool to actually have that happen because I don't think that it's going to be a negative. It would be a complete and total positive. So I think they're aware of keeping pace. You know, you don't. It's not like you're focused on it and that's your goal because they they know being in first place on January twenty eighth that you'd rather be in first than the Minnesota Timberwolves who are in last. I think yep. in the Western Conference. So obviously you'd rather be that, but it's not like it has anything. You can start uh, telling your family, yeah, we're going to open the playoffs at home. We have home court advantage throughout the whole thing. I mean, no one's going to do that. That's ridiculous. So I'm not worried about peaking because, there, as you say, there is going to be probably, uh, I don't want to say unimaginable, but unpredictable things that you couldn't possibly predict that uh, lie ahead over the course of the next, uh, what is it, sixty uh, some games, whatever, whatever they have left, fifty four, fifty four for the Jazz, uh, for other yeah. teams, it's fifty three for the Lakers. Yeah, as long as you keep in pace with these guys, that's plenty good. So the you know the interesting thing is that whenever you look at the standings, they always do the last ten games, and if you take that this year's a little weird, and training camp was short, and so the teams had roster change. Uh, the regular season started, but there was, you know, they were still accomplishing stuff that would normally be accomplished in training camp, right? Getting familiar with each other, getting used to play together, new guys and new roles and all that stuff. Now, if you assume there's some kind of shakedown cruise and that the last 10 games are really more who you are, over the last 10 games, the Jazz are 10-0, and the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nuggets are all 8-2. and So that does suggest, hey, there's four teams here at the top of the West and these guys really have it together. They are all just taking numbers and, you know, kicking butt going through the rest of the conference. Nobody else in the conference. There's only four other teams in the conference with a winning record in that stretch, and they're all 6-4. and four. So we'll see if that holds, if there really are four teams at the top of the West. I don't think you take numbers, though. I think you take names. So I would revise that. You, you went with a cliche, but you sort of— It's the law of numbers. I've got that word in my brain. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You had, had that. You <laughs> twisted that. I, I don't know that the preseason made anything any difference because the Jazz had a full preseason last year, and Conley rarely looked comfortable. No, it took a long time for him to get comfortable. Yeah. It was, it was and, February before we thought, okay, now this is really Mike Conley. And, of course, that, I, I wonder if that thing was slowed down because he was hurt for a while. And sure I wonder how much of that yeah. just helped because, like, he sat out – He'd known everything. Well, he team saw, won while he was out. Right, and he saw, he's like, okay, this is how I fit in. This is how this team wins. Here's what I do. And, you know, usually when guys come back from injury, it takes a week or two before they're really, you know, back in game shape and playing well. And you go a couple weeks after his injury, and since then, it, it's been pretty steady. It's, it's really... Yeah, and, and it was an unusual situation. He was essentially the face of the franchise. It's not like mm-hmm. he's an elite superstar, but he wasn't just a, an average role player either. So he did have to find a way and hit, fi- just basically find his way, and he did. Coming back, you know, we heard a lot in the summer of, oh, I'm out with all the social stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering where those folks are now. All right, we can talk about that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.